We're ready. We're back. We're ready. We're ready for the 20th episode. Is this 20? Is I think this is a 20. Because the other one failed to appear? Right. I believe so. So a redo on 20. Yeah. I guess we should talk about that too. Yeah. Because we didn't really talk about any of those albums. No. Because we did, but then we the My government computer. stole <laughs> stole our audio. Yeah, the audio was too questionable because we argued too much about how bad that um, Thirty Seconds to Mars album was. Mostly just me telling yeah. you that your favorite song was the worst one. Yeah. On the album. <laughs> it was so good. Um, we'll agree to disagree. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess we can we can recap. Uh, those albums and then uh, we got some exciting stuff talk a little bit about salt lake comic-con which we attended last was it last week last week yeah it's been a long week um and then uh doja cat's album doja listen to that scarlet album i braved having to sit while looking at that album cover for (laughs) an entire hour yeah and that was too much um but anyways yeah um we we had an episode scheduled for last week where we were talking about magic three by nas uh 30 seconds to mars it's a beautiful day but it's uh, it's the end of the world this beautiful day i believe is the full title and vic mensa's self-titled victor album um i think in general our thoughts were pretty like they were all pretty good like right. i don't think i'd put any of those albums in like the best albums of the year but i definitely got some songs out of all of them that i enjoyed yeah i said that um the 30 seconds to mars was um probably one of my most enjoyable listens of the year but right. definitely not like probably not even top 10 um victor had quite a few good songs one that uh, a project that i'll listen through again and then with Nas, uh, talked about how cool it is that he's still relevant and still making not just relevant, but like still doing really well in hip hop. In hip hop, yeah, for sure. I think um, for me, the album that I was most impressed with was probably the Nas album, and kind of like you're saying, it's just because the longevity of it, right? Like you put in perspective, the man's been on a six album run with Hit Boy in the last three years. Most artists that we consider like all time artists don't even have six great albums yeah. in their catalog. <laughs> and so for me, listening through it, even though I think it's it's a much weaker release than like um, I'd say Magic One's better. Mm-hmm. I think uh, most of the King's Disease series is better. But like still the fact that he's put out this many good albums in this amount of time and that he just has so much left in the tank has made him one of like it's catapulted him into my goat debate for right. rappers. And I love that he kind of showed with this album and with everything he's put out recently that there's a place for that old school sound and style in the modern rap right. by working with a modern producer like Hit Boy um, and just coming up with a lot of great original concepts, um, putting things together in a really cool way. And so, uh, but like you, I think I enjoyed all of the listens. Um, I think I gave them, I, I think I gave Vic Mensa and Nas a seven. And then like, I think 30 seconds to Mars was a little bit lower than that, but yeah. still, still a pretty high score. Um, yeah, I think rating wise, I don't know exactly, but I think it went, uh, 
30 seconds to Mars, Vic, and then Nas, just because it felt <clears throat> very repetitive right. throughout the entire project. Um, yeah. The sound isn't the problem or anything, just every once in a while, it's it's good to switch things up. And then sure. the one track that he did try to switch things up, I hated. <laughs> so that was the only song yeah. that I didn't like. For sure, for sure. Um, Yeah, I mean, I, I guess we probably don't really have too much to say about all of those. I will bring up, since we didn't get to talk about this, there was a double entendre. That is one of my favorite bars of the year. Yeah that I've still been listening to on the song Never Die with Lil Wayne off the Nas project where he said um, Tom Cruise flow, Top Gun, they too slow. And in my mind, like diving into that bar was super cool to draw the parallels between Nas and Tom Cruise and like how he used that play on words specifically. Um, Because Tom Cruise is like 60 something. Nas just turned 50 recently. And the fact that they're both putting out some of their best projects, so to speak, like Top Gun Maverick being rated so highly. And then, you know, this new Mission Impossible doing yeah. so well. And then Nas putting out some of his best albums, kind of drawing those parallels to say, you know, like, I'm still at the peak, even after I've been running the game for this long, basically. Yeah. Um, I thought it was super cool because it's easy to throw in like a Top Gun wordplay in a song. Like a lot of artists do that lyrically and it's like, oh, it's cool. But yeah. like, the fact that Nas can make those parallels on just a little bit upper of a yeah. level was super cool and, and something that I have come to enjoy a lot from his recent stuff. So, yeah. Um, But enough of those albums, because honestly, in the hour that we talked, I don't think we said a whole lot about it. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> so we'll move on to Salt Lake Comic Con this year. Uh, 2023, the 10th anniversary of Salt Lake's Comic Con, which oh, is nice. pretty cool. I don't know if you knew that mm-hmm. going into there. Um, but yeah, uh, it a lot of people, a lot of people call it Fan X. It's um, you know, Salt Lake Fan Expo and comic book convention. Yeah. Um, so they call it Fan X, but I mean, whatever you call it, it's you know, apples to apples to oranges to pears and plums. <laughs> it's all the same thing. Um, uh, I've gone it quite a few times. I believe this is your first time yep. at a at a comic convention. Um, I think the big names this year were Jared Padalecki from Supernatural, Charlie Cox from Daredevil, Grant Gustin, The Flash was there. Um, give me your initial impressions of of like the convention as a whole. Um, for for people who may not have gone before. So, even before going into it. And even before you explained to me, I knew it wasn't going to be directly associated by like Marvel or DC or any, any big name production team, whatever it may be. Yeah. Um, I didn't really know what I was expecting other than that. So when you started explaining, like, it's a lot of like fan art or like super cool merch, one of a kind, this or that, or whatever it may be. Right. Um, I didn't realize how much of that was going to be there. It was all just that, which was super cool. Like, yeah, you see a lot of things being distributed by these companies, and anyone and everyone can get a hold of however many they want. But then going here, you might get something that's one of a hundred or however many that they want to produce like it's it's very much their own art or their own idea and i think that's super cool because i like one helping 
like the small businesses or the small artists or right. whatever it may be. Um, and they, they have a lot of great stuff. So like one of the things I ended up getting was a Miles Morales poster where he's doing the pose on a cab in yeah. New York. Super cool. Like I, super I haven't unique. Super seen unique. anything like that before and it looks yeah. super realistic. And I think that was probably my favorite stand just with how many different um, characters they had and all of them looked super realistic. They were all super unique and things that if I've seen anywhere, they'd be out of a comic book. Yeah, so. for sure. For sure. I think um, you you hit the nail on the head. I think one of the misconceptions about things like this is you're going to walk in and there's going to be like a Marvel booth or like a Marvel section yeah. or a DC section or like Disney's going to have a Star Wars section in there. But like the way I feel like I kind of look at it is, you know, let's say you're a coin collector mm -hmm. and you go to like a coin collecting convention. The Federal Reserve is not going to be there with like all their dollar bills and stuff that they printed throughout history. Like they might send like somebody with like a rare dollar bill for you to right. look at or something, but they're not going to be like the the people in the convention. No, it's like a fan convention, right? You're going to go and you're going to meet other fans. There's like all kinds of cosplay competitions. You're going to have some celebrities there that you can meet. But like you're saying, it's a lot of fan art. It's a lot of fan based merch and things like that. Some trade going on, like mm -hmm. rare things that fans have collected or that they're selling or whatever, um, which is, is a super cool place to like kind of support local businesses like yeah. that or connect with like people on a local level that, you know, you have similar interests with. So um, I think it was, it's, it's a super fun place to be at for that kind of thing. If you're into it, I love the diversity that Salt Lake Fan X provides. I feel like, I don't know, from what I've heard about other big conventions, it's like, you know, you go to San Diego for all the big Marvel news, like yeah. they're going to drop all the Marvel, you know, trailers and that kind of thing at San Diego. But I love that Salt Lake feels very diverse yeah. in terms of like your interests. You know, if you're interested in Star Wars, it's there. If you're interested in comic books, it's there. If you're interested in, um, you know, supernatural, like, you know, TV based stuff, that's going to be there as well. I mean, they were selling rare sports jerseys at a place, yeah. you know what I mean? Like you, you just run into all kinds of cool stuff like that. Right. Um, which I think is super fun. Um, one thing that has been interesting for this Comic-Con was the fact that it's going on. It was going on right at the time of the writer's strike, which has just ended right. and the actor strike, which is ongoing at this point. But um, I think that provided an interesting situation for the convention. I don't think it affected a whole lot, but I think when you do have panels where you like go in and you sit down and listen to actors from a show, talk about it yeah. or from a movie kind of go through, you know, the, the franchise or whatever, that's like a big draw for a lot of people. And so the absence of that this year was interesting. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I don't know what they would have done being as that, like the big names shows are all kind of over. Right. Or, or at least like, you know, haven't been renewed or whatever. I guess, you know, you kind of have Daredevil in the works, but mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a different setup for it. Um, but yeah, I think that provided some some interesting situations for sure. Um, for me, I will say like, I enjoyed this one a lot. I do think it was my least favorite of the years that yeah. I've gone. Um, but there was still a lot of super cool, fun stuff, uh, that we, you know, cool people that we met, cool fan art, like you're saying, and just some, a lot of good times had by all. Yeah. I mean, so this is my first one and it was all very enjoyable. Um, it is something that I would like to return to, um, just cause I feel like it could be better. I feel like, um, I was pretty disappointed in 
the cosplay, which I feel like not a lot of people care to see cosplay. But like, if you're into it, you'll dress up, or if you're not, you don't. Sure. But I, I was excited to see like who's gonna dress up as what. I know that a lot of fans take a lot of time and pride in doing that kind of thing, which I yeah. think is super cool. And I feel like there wasn't a whole lot that I saw. There were a couple really cool um, costumes. Like we saw uh, Moon Knight. We saw Iron Man. Yeah. A, um, a, a moderately functioning Iron Man suit yeah. too at that, which was pretty right. cool. Yeah. Um, you saw like whatever that giant anime bunny thing was. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mr. I, Potato I'm Head. Anime, oh. but yeah. Right. <laughs> I, I don't know. What yeah, yeah, yeah. Thing, but. Like there, there were definitely a couple really cool costumes. Yeah, but then the volume of that was was a little low, right? Compared to what I think you'd expect, right? Or, or what I'm at least used to there. Yeah. Um. It definitely makes me want to go check out some other comic cons, like what you said, like San Diego. I know that that's a um bigger named comic con. Yeah. Um. But other than that, like it was super cool. Um. We weren't able to even talk to any of the celebrities there which was yeah unfortunate yeah for sure um charlie cox looked like just the most happy human being Dude, i've ever looked seen like a life. super nice guy we yeah yeah um, um there was no way to get to jared yeah i mean even even grant like oh, i was surprised yeah, that, was that grant had more of a line than charlie did honestly yeah so yeah and i mean for frame of reference, like last year, um, when I went with, uh, you know, my wife and and some of my family to Comic Con, we had there was a couple celebrities uh, that we wanted to meet. One of those was Mark Shepard, who plays Crowley from uh, Supernatural, as well as uh, I always mess up his his last name, but yeah. Timothy Amundsen. Anyways, the guy who plays Lassie and Psych. And uh, he also is a character in Supernatural. I don't know if you've gotten there yet, so I'm not going to spoil that for you. Um, but anyways, uh, we wanted to go up and meet them. And at most of these booths, you can either pay for an autograph or a photo with them. I'm a very poor man. I don't have $150 to drop on a photograph with, you know, Mark Shepard. As cool as it would be and like right. as much as I would love to do that and have that experience. But um when we got there, we were just, you know, like went over to see if there was a chance that we could just like meet them and like, you know, introduce ourselves and like, you know, basically like express our like fandom for the show and that kind of thing. And so last year we went over, jumped in line, talked to their managers and they were totally understanding. We're like, Hey, we we're just wondering if we could meet so-and-so and, and, and uh, that kind of thing. And they were like, Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, he loves meeting fans right. and, you know, they spent like a minute with us and just like dialogued about the show a little bit and about like our favorite seasons or whatever. And that was that. And it was just a super fun, cool experience. Yeah. Um, so this year we we're kind of assuming the same thing and we go jump in line. Um, at the beginning of the day, the lines were fairly long. Like when we yeah. got in Charlie Cox's line, it was pretty long. And we got up there to the front and we asked like the, the manager who was, who was kind of, you know, making sure the lines were flowing smooth. Like, Hey, could we just, you know, say hi and meet him and, and that whatnot. And they were like, Oh yeah, for sure. He's really busy signing autographs right now. Come back when the line dies down and, and you can, you know, he'd yeah. be happy to. And we are like, Oh sick. You know, we'll go hang out and come back later. Right. So then we come back later. There's like five people in line 
and we're like oh okay cool like no one's behind us you know nobody's waiting on anything let's just you know he's got like several hours left in the day before he's you know scheduled to be off let's go see if we can meet him and they're like oh yeah no you have to come back at the end of the day at like seven o'clock yeah and so we were like uh I think we kind of get the message, you know what I mean? And I don't, I don't put this on Charlie at all because, you know, like I said, he seemed like a very friendly guy, um, a guy that I'm a big fan of. Everything that I have heard about him is he's a very, you know, cool person. Um, but I do think that going forward, like a meet and greet section of Comic-Con where there's time set aside for that on a specific day, yeah. if the, you know, actor's willing to do that, just having a set aside, you know, point for that would be super cool because right. like you're saying with Jared Padalecki, the line was... Bro. nearly out the you know uh, that was two thousand square foot room that they have bro, i didn't realize how famous these people actually are yeah because like yeah when and it's not like you're in la either it's yeah. salt lake yeah. like when when did supernatural finish i know that jared's been a part of other 20, projects 2018 so I like think. yeah i mean it's been a couple of years since like that oh, show's ended and that. like yeah if I'm not mistaken, I'm gonna say that's probably his biggest project, especially for how long it ran. Like, yeah, I know that he's. I, I would say it's for sure what he's known from. He's he's Walker Texas Ranger. He plays him in the reboot right. right now, but I would say that's for sure his biggest. But, and so, like in my head, I'm like, okay, yeah, Jared's gonna have a line, but it's probably reasonable. Yeah. No, it wasn't reasonable it at all. Reasonable. It, was, yeah. it was it was as long as the line for everybody from Back to the Future. Like they were the yeah. same length, which yeah. shocked me because Back to the Future has been around forever. You know, 40 years, right. whatever. Like, yeah. So for them to even show up, I feel like is a huge thing. That makes sense to me. I didn't even expect or even like the less. size of Grant Gustin's line. Like the flash is a big Dude, I'm not going to lie. That one shocked me probably the most. Because <laughs> how – like, Grant Gustin and Charlie Cox were right by each other. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. Panel to panel. But Grant's line was, like, three times as long as Charlie's. And I'm just like, <laughs> what is this? Yeah. It's not like the Flash is actually good. Like, I feel like we can agree that the plot is always the same. Like, there's not much diversity in it yeah the show is basically the same every season and yeah. it's even done like the show if i'm not mistaken yeah once again, it's, it's, completed, it's over yeah charlie cox is daredevil and became a part of you know big mcu and like is in like blockbuster right a blockbuster movie yeah as like, daredevil. yeah I, I just don't get it um yeah i mean to each their own like right. i said it's it's kind of cool part of comic-con to see all these fandoms come out in full force like you know i the one that I've grown to have the biggest appreciation for the fandom of Mm. is Dr. Who. Hmm. And like just growing up, like my neighborhood, my friends and like my circle was a lot of like superheroes and like sports and that kind of thing. And that was kind of like our demographic. And if you venture off into something a little different, like it's, you got star Wars, star Trek, and like those kinds of things were pretty big, but like Dr. Who wasn't really like a big thing among my friend circle. If you go to Comic-Con, I swear a third of Comic-Con really? is Doctor Who stuff. Wow. Yeah, it's incredible. Like, I have I had no idea that it was such a massive fandom. But now I have, like, it, it's like James Bond level of, like, how wow. rebooted and just it keeps going. Like, I mean, you, I mean, you like, James Bond's the one that comes to my mind because the character keeps getting reinvented mm-hmm. and adjusting a little bit. But, I mean, you could even look at, like, Star Trek or Star Wars and, like, all those different kinds of reboots that they're doing. It's for sure 
right up there with those ones and i had like no idea so it's super cool to see all these like fandoms come out in full force yeah and And i mean even like even shout out to the like anime community like oh yeah like i've gotten into a couple shows here and there and like it's not my favorite but i don't have any gripe with it yeah like it's cool like i'll find what i like but they show out like oh yeah i didn't i didn't realize dude if doctor who is 30 percent, they're like 50 yeah like half of comic Con's <laughs> anime it's ridiculous <laughs> like i i feel like the most cosplay i saw was some sort of anime yeah probably rather than anything else yeah so yeah i also like with the whole grant to charlie thing i want to i'm blaming glee because <laughs> grant's a part of glee <laughs> i think that's why people wanted to see him i don't yeah. think it's the flash I mean, to each their own. Could be. Who knows? Maybe he put on a concert. Maybe they knew something we didn't. Yeah. Let's get to the funniest part of Comic-Con, though. Um, being is that we are, quote unquote, <laughs> aspiring journalists or whatever you want to call it with this uh, this shenanigan that we run on a weekly basis <laughs> that we call the Casual Genius Podcast. We had the brilliant stroke of genius. We're going to get into Comic-Con. And have some fun conversations with people like, you know, this is what we do. We love talking movies. We love talking TV. We love talking to, you know, like, that's why we run this is it's like a hobby of ours. We're like, let's get right in there with the fandoms and like the hardcore fans hear what people have to say. So we came in with like a couple, you know, pretty good questions. I thought like one of the questions we were going to ask people is like, what's your favorite movie of all time? Mm what's the best movie of this year right. a very like big discussion with a lot of different topics right or different films that get brought up and then we're gonna ask them like who's the best fictional character kind of like we're talking about expanding that mm-hmm. comparison and that horizon of all these different fandoms that were shown out in full force right. dude people <laughs> people have no idea how to communicate dude yeah. and let me first shout out we talked to some folks that I actually went to high school with. I don't know mm-hmm. if you caught that. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, some folks I went to high school with, we talked to them. Super cool, you know, group of of guys. They were dressed as the cast from Napoleon Dynamite, mm-hmm. which was funny to see. Um, and we asked them those questions and they actually came up with some super solid answers. I think we're playing with the audio on the clip to see if that's something that's usable. Yeah. We'll, we'll maybe get Fingers that out. Crossed. Maybe not. Um, if we don't, we're really sorry if you guys hear this, that that, that didn't work out. Okay. Super cool conversation with them. So, like, we'll get that one out of the way. Those guys were awesome. Then you get to people and you're like, everyone else had had literally nothing to say. Like, literally nobody had an opinion. One one of the groups literally had nothing to say because they wouldn't speak. Yeah. I get they're trying to be, like, in character or whatever. And, like, that was cool, I guess. But, you know. Yeah, but you wasted our time. Yeah, they did waste (laughs) our time. Then we get to, like, asking people. We're like, you know, hey, can we interview you for this little social media series that we're doing? And they're like, yeah, for sure. You know, I'd love to. We get up there and we're like, what's the best movie of this year that's come out this year? And they're like, "Uh, I rewatched 2016 Black Panther this year. And that movie was fantastic. And you're like, um what about from this year have you what what good movies have you seen that came out this year um i don't know i haven't seen them all yet i don't, I don't know what to say and you're like you don't need to see all the movies to know what's the best one so far man <laughs> bro it was ridiculous my my favorite was was um speaking to to jack skellington yeah not the real guy the cosplayer right yeah and 
first of all, he he wore a mask, and so it it was a little iffy. Like I don't even know if audio is going to be good, but I really hope because that's honestly one of the funniest moments for me. Yeah, just his answers because I ask him, I say, "Um, what's the best fictional character just in general?" And he goes, "I I don't know." And I go, (laughs) "Well, we're gonna go with yourself." Yeah, (laughs) he said, "I don't know if I told you this." He said, "Yeah, but you said fictional." And I was like, you have a good day, sir. <laughs> You're not Jack Skellington. <laughs> You're an idiot. <laughs> yeah, oh, were ridiculous. Yeah, that was pretty funny. I um, swear that dude was like 60 years old. Was he really? Dude, he was that old. That is hilarious. Yeah. I, had no I idea. didn't realize. I thought he was mask. a young gun. Nope. Like the, no. He was moving like a legend. He was. I think he was older than uh, the Hawkeye we interviewed. Really? Yeah. Oh, very dude cool. sounded very old. Interesting. Or maybe he's just a smoker. I don't know. <laughs> Well, we'll see if we can get some of those clips that are usable out there. Um, But needless to say, some funny conversations were had. (laughs) I think um, it is something that I would enjoy doing in the future. If it was like, if people knew how to talk, (laughs) I don't know, maybe you have to give them the questions beforehand. So they like can come up with some answers. Right. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll try that in the future. But yeah, it was pretty hilarious. I I feel like it would have been solid. If we had like, because obviously still shout out to the Napoleon group. Yeah. But like, yeah, if if half of them at least knew what they were talking about and then the other half was, you know, these random crazies. Yeah. Then I feel like it would have been funny, but we still had good content that was like for real. But then also like we're going to roast them online and that'll be out forever. (laughs) But, you know. (laughs) Yeah. It didn't happen. Yeah, for sure. Um. Anyways, I think that wraps up Comic Con for me, dude. Um, I give it an A plus. Yeah, it was a it was a fun was time. Cool. Um, I didn't get I didn't contract COVID from Comic Con this year, so that was <laughs> awesome. Um, last year on the way home from Comic Con, I was like, my throat's really like dry. Mm, I'm I'm gonna have to get me a bottle of water when I get home. And then I was incapacitated <laughs> for two weeks. <laughs> Was, it was rough. Yeah, and you got that guy COVID. No, I didn't get that guy COVID. <laughs> I didn't give anybody COVID, except my wife, my poor wife. <laughs> Sorry about that, sweetie. Um, <laughs> moving on. We've missed two weeks of new music. Yeah. Um, let's, uh, let's jump into a couple of those before we get let's, to this Doja album real quick. Let's do it. Um, not a whole lot that I you know, really came across that I was super passionate about, but some cool songs nonetheless. Right. Um, a couple that I didn't really care for. Uh, I'm going to just say right now, the new Blink-182 wasn't very good. Oh, I didn't even listen to it. Um, But let me start off because we disagreed on this artist recently. 070 Shake dropped her new single, Black Dress, and it's fantastic. Ooh. 070 Shake, Guilty Conscience oh. singer. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we had a big debate about her yeah, on did. the last episode. <laughs> um, anyways, drop black dress, super good song, super super good. She Thank killed you. it. Um, vocally, it's it's very uh, stand out. The production is is exquisite to say the least. Yeah. Um, a great song worth checking out. You'll have to send me that one. Yeah, yeah. I'll I need like a round two. Okay, I, give I her a second want, chance. I don't want to hate her because <laughs> anyway, that's that's not the point. Um. If I go up here, um, I'll I'll say the one that I I sent you, 
earlier in the week. Oh yeah. Uh, it's called HOV Remix. It's with um all TikTok artists, but they're all well, at least two of them that I know of are now pretty well known. Um, we got Graham, Connor Price, and Nick D. Yeah. Um, you weren't a huge fan of it. I, on the other hand, those are like you said, those are my guys. Those are dudes. Yeah. Um, to me, I liked the the instrumental was super cool. Um, I love seeing, especially people on a smaller scale. Like, I like to see collaboration because it's like. They're not the same whatsoever. They all have very different ideas and a very different style sure. with a lot of similarities at the same time. And so to see um, Connor have this like breakup song and then Graham threw in some uh, like this house party drum style instrumental. And then, you know, they just they all collaborated very, very well. And that's what I really like about it. So there's that one. Yeah, for sure. Um, like I said, you know, I think it has its its solid moments. Um, for me, the vocals uh, just weren't like what I would come back to personally. I don't think yeah. it's a bad song by any stretch. But um, the next song I'll jump into is I Can Feel It by Kane Brown. Mm. Um, Kane Brown's, I think, a, a, a unique artist in today's um, music scene. So I think he's a very fitting artist, um, yeah. very versatile between the country and the hip hop and the pop scene, um, does a lot of super cool collaborations. But he dropped this song. Um, no features. It's just him on it. It's called I Can Feel It. Um, super fun. I don't think there's anything that like would make me say this is his best song or this is the song of the year or anything right. like that. But it's it's a good song. Like it's it's fun. It's upbeat. I like the vocals on it. Um, I think it's just a good time song, which is cool. something that I'll come back to from him. So. Yeah, for sure. Um, another one that I really enjoyed, uh, the only download this week from uh, new music, which is Homicide with Black and Jesse Reyes. Yeah. I think is how you say your last mm -hmm. name. Um, I wasn't going to download it until Jesse's part came on. Yeah. Jesse killed it. Super good. Song, um, yeah. And then kind of towards the end when after Jesse's part and it kind of all came together is when I fully appreciated it. I'm not saying that Black had a a bad part or anything but i still feel like i've heard better from him this year yeah um but i i appreciate um a new artist to collab with from him right. that i know of uh they sounded super good together i love the instrumental um yeah super good song yeah i like when um i like when artists do something like this where you have the album come out and for me, it's an album I really like a lot. Yeah. I think it's a, a very good performance for him. Um, and then when you're going to come out with new music relatively soon after, um, not just giving us more of the same yeah. or dropping something that feels like a throwaway from the album, um, but doing something that you're, you know, you're skilled in with a fresh take on it. And I yeah. feel like he he did that really well with this song. Like he's still doing his thing. And like you're saying, it's not bad, but it's like I've heard him do this. So what's he going to do? Throw on a fresh feature, right. someone who adds a unique sound that you didn't really hear on the album mm -hmm. uh, to give it kind of a fresh vibe, which I really enjoy. Lil Yachty's another artist that I feel like has been doing that this year, mm -hmm. dropping, let's start here, a very unique album from him mm -hmm. and then dropping some of his better hip hop stuff, you know, after that. And I right. guess that'll segue into a song that yep. he didn't do very good on to me. Oh, uh, is that, uh, the Secret yeah, Recipe with J. Cole. 
Uh, I really liked the Tesla EP that he dropped. Um, and then he drops this one and it, it kind of adds to the EP, I guess. It's like a, a little fresh EP, but it's all the same stuff just with this song. Um, it wasn't very good. No. Um, I appreciate what he's trying to do. And I do think it's a cool way to go about things. I think the flow, the instrumental, I feel like is a difficult instrumental to have a clean flow over, which I think is Lil Yachty's forte. I think when he has a beat that's very smooth, that he can have a smooth flow over, he's got a good enough voice in that term or in that sense and a unique voice that he makes those smooth, buttery Mm -hmm. instrumentals and flows go really well. And this album, I think, or this song just wasn't a very good instrumental f- that fit for him. Right. Um, J. Cole, obviously being the feature, was an interesting choice because the man's been on a tear, killing basically everything he's been on, mm-hmm. whether that's, you know, K-pop or, you know, a 21 Savage cut or whatever you have him on. He's going to be doing great lately. I think lyrically, he still keeps that same energy on this one right. or that same, you know, killer mentality. But again, it's just a weird instrumental to find him on. It's it's a yeah. tough instrumental. It doesn't really allow him to showcase his strengths, if that makes sense. Yeah. So not not something I, I loved. I, I appreciate the attempt, but yeah. See, I I agree. I don't it's not a song I would listen to again. Um yeah. but I love J. Cole's part. And maybe that's that's me being biased or whatever it may be, but I don't know, like, the bars were definitely there. Sure. Yes, the instrumental was very difficult, but I think he did a lot better than what Lil Yachty did. Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, and, I mean, so that, that's a verse I would listen to again, not a song, but, yeah, sure. it was just, I can only do so much unique yeah. in someone and I still give Lil Yachty the benefit of the doubt because I have heard a lot of good from him. So I I sure. don't necessarily like hate him or like yeah. I won't listen to him. Just I can respect it, but then this one is like, no. Yeah. This is this not one, one I work. could get behind. Yeah. Um sure. But yeah, it was interesting. Fair enough. Um one that I wish was a lot better was brand new with Tygo, YG, and Lil Wayne. Mm. I've been seeing the Lil Wayne verse for like all week. Yeah. Or maybe that's too long. But for a long time, I feel like. And in my opinion, this is one of my favorite verses from Lil Wayne in a very long time. Um, It's, if you look at some of the lyrics, he pops off. Some of the bars are crazy. Like one of the lines he says is, um, I need my money like Riri ASAP, which I think that's a solid line. Um, even Eminem tweeted out like when he did the line about, um, I need brand new O's like a bag of Funyuns or whatever yeah. it was. Even Eminem was like, "Why didn't I think of that?" <laughs> <laughs> which I thought was kind of funny. Yeah. Um, it, it's a little corny, but I mean, it's still a good line. But then I yeah. feel like Tyga and YG didn't do anything. Like Fair it's enough. still just Tyga and YG. They're still doing the exact same thing. And yeah. it's I don't know. I just feel like Lil Wayne easily outperformed both of them by miles. And that's upsetting. Because I thought that was gonna be his own song. From all of the TikToks I've seen, <laughs> I thought it was only his. You thought it was his his joint. Yeah. yeah. And it wasn't. So 
Fair enough. I honestly I haven't even dove into any of that Tiger and YG album that just dropped besides the oh, singles. They, but they were dropping. Yeah. So I mean I haven't even listened to that one. Um, but it's I guess I'll have to uh I, I have seen some of the bars floating around. I do think it's it's some pretty funny wordplay. It's, yeah. it's great punchlines, which is what you go to Lil Wayne for yeah. when you want to listen to Lil yeah, Wayne. Which, so which sucks even more because you know his mixtape is out and I'm now expecting things like this, and yeah. it's not that. No. Lil Wayne is something else. And yeah, let's let's get that out of the way. The fix before the six, Lil Wayne, is not good. No, no, it is not. It's not good. It was pretty bad. Um, I think there's some punchlines occasionally on it that are funny. Right. Um, I have to listen to the rest of it, but yeah, I think there's some punchlines that are funny. But people, I've seen people saying like the goat is back. I've seen people saying like, oh, you know, it's it's. It's not that good. It, it's it's fun stuff, but it's it sounds like the throwaways from the Carter series. Yeah. No, it just sounds bad. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. like when the best song on this album was Cat Food. <laughs> that's a bad album. Let's call it Spade a Spade, guys. It's not that good. Um, <laughs> even if you love Lil Wayne, like I'm not the biggest Lil Wayne guy. I think the Carters are classics, mm. and I think he's got a lot of doo-doo in his discography i think he's a little overrated in my opinion this album might be the worst album i've ever heard him put out it's really bad it's really bad see i honestly i didn't even want to hate on it like that but i (laughs) you got to i I got really pressed about that for a second there i wasn't even going to say any of that yeah um, I, it was upsetting because the very first track is this super cool little piano bit, mm-hmm. and I got I got super hyped. I was like, "This is about to go nuts." He's gonna do something crazy, bad duty. Yeah, and then even the second one, the bird song, like he yeah. did this little techno kind of bird chirp kind of thing. Yeah, but it didn't sound like birds, but it did. And I was like, "Oh, this is cool!" Like I haven't heard something like this. This is cool to yeah. add to an instrumental, and then it sucked really yeah. bad, mm-hmm. a lot. Right. Yeah. Um, that's all. That's all I'm gonna say about that album. Yeah. Anyway, I'm not gonna. You know, Lil Wayne's living rent free in my mind right now. That's how <laughs> angry I am about that release. <laughs> uh, the last new song that I'll talk about is "Guitar in My Room" by Lil Durk and Kid Cudi off the new Lyrical Lemonade album. Yeah. Um, first single off the album was "Doomsday." Yeah. Four Day in Juice World, one of my favorite songs yes. I've heard this year. Um. Yes thought this was an interesting collab Lil Durk and Kid Cudi yeah interesting but like a track that I was like oh not a collab I'd think of but something that I think might go hard yeah um the instrumental was pretty cool like kind of this acoustic hip-hop type deal um but I think I think Kid Cudi was a decent pick for this one I think Lil Durk was a little bit of a weird pick though I think he did a pretty decent job on it um, I just think there was better artists for this song is really what it came down to. It felt like the production was done and then the artists were picked and the artists didn't fit the production Yeah, is kind of in my mind how the song felt as I was listening to it. And I was like, this should have been like a young thug song or like, you know, an obvious one if you're going hip hop acoustics is like Post Malone right. or like, you know, something of that nature. I do think Kid Cudi does that kind of thing pretty nicely. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are just like the ones off the top of my head, but I was like a kid Cuddy and a young thug feature would have been a much better pick on this right. song than the little Dirk feature, even though I think, you know, it's a decent song. I don't think it's one I'd come back to, but, yeah. um, 
I just think it could have been better executed is, is really what it came down to. Right. I, I agree. I think it was a very interesting pick between the two. Um, I feel like if this instrumental was sped up a little bit, I feel like Lil Dirk would have fit better. Sure. Because, I mean, if you look at like, I don't remember what the song's called. Oh, All My Life. Is that what it's called? Yeah. The one with J. Cole. Mm-hmm. Like, you look at that, it's like not so much acoustic, but more on that pop and hip hop. Yeah. Like, I feel like if you just speed up this instrumental just a little bit, it'd be a little bit easier for Lil Dirk to get a hold of it. Um, I feel like this is definitely in Kid Cudi's range, especially now with his sure. later music. Um, but yeah, I, I felt like it was very forgettable. I didn't feel like I, I wanted it to be more than how I felt after listening to it. Sure. Um, but yeah, I feel like after listening to it, it's just pretty forgettable. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's a fair take. Um, for me, that wraps up new music. Do you got anything? The else? last one is, uh, the Kobe and Shaq or Shaq and Kobe, whatever yeah. it's called. Huge disappointment. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what I was expecting. Um, but there's so many like wordplay options that like, I think of, I'm not even like a writer or a rapper at all. <laughs> yeah. And there's just so many, there's so much wordplay <laughs> that comes to my mind of like hip hop bars that you could do with Shaq and Kobe wordplay. Yeah. And they didn't do any, Mm-mm. they didn't use any. And like, I get that. Like the whole reference is like them being Shaq and Kobe together. Like yeah. that's how they're going to tag team and kill the song. But first yeah. of all, they didn't No. And second of all, like not even one, not even yeah. one bar, yeah. like not even the intro opening bar or like anything, nothing. Honestly, I'd I'd probably give them a pass if they would have brought in some kind of like interview from them or like dude, just put Shaq on the chorus. I've heard Shaq rap. Bro, Shaq is actually not half. <laughs> like, he's he's probably better than like twenty five percent of the people rapping today. That's probably fair. That's probably yeah. fair. Because he's not like phenomenal, but he's like he at least has bars. Like yeah. He has it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pro Shaq. Pro Shaq. I'm for him. I need a Shaq album. Never mind. Yeah, let's calm down. Okay. I don't know what you're going for, but (laughs) I want to hear it. Let's jump into what we've been listening to. Yes. And I'm going to start off by saying I made the greatest discovery of music that I've made in my life. This is one I was going to bring up. I'm yes. a legend for this one. I'll give you it. <laughs> this is the only time. R&B rap duo that I've never heard of before called They. All caps with a period. They. Got this new album out this year called New Moon. Um, and the song Wait On Me features country artist Casey Musgraves. Yep. And I was like, first of all, this is a whole story in and of itself. Like the rabbit hole I had to go down to find this song. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Um, I'm going to spare our listeners that whole story, but this song is incredible. Yeah, it is so good. The vocals, the harmonies, the writing, the production, it like is unequivocally. It's just beautiful. Yeah. Top to bottom. Um, The Casey Musgraves feature goes crazy on this R and B cut, which is interesting to me. Like, not an artist that would come to my mind to put on an R&B song, though I think, like, I don't know why now after I heard it. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, it just progressively gets more and more um, sonically satisfying yeah. as you listen to it. By the time you're at the third chorus where all three of them are harmonizing the chorus, it's like, 
bro, what am I listening to? It's the most beautiful thing I've ever heard of. Yeah, it, it's crazy, man. Um, super good. Um, I I think you know one of the best songs I've heard all year Easily. for sure. Um, <clears throat> shout out to this this duo and and uh, the song on here. This one's fantastic. So if you haven't heard this one, it's you're missing out. Yeah, please make more music like this. Yeah. This is what we need people to strive to hit. Yeah, hundred <clears throat> percent. Yes. Um, second song for me. I don't know if I've shouted this one out before. I might have last week on the episode that got you know lost, or on the episode before that. Um, but it's a song that I've been still listening to, so I guess I'll just throw it back in there. It's right. "Spicy" by Nas, um, off of the first King's Disease album. I don't think so. Featuring think uh Fabio Foreign and ASAP Ferg. Oh. Um, I think it's the closer on King's Disease, the first one. If I'm not mistaken, um, but just getting in the NOS, like, you know, diving back into some of his stuff yeah. after this magic album, I was like, you know, song I totally forgot about. I think all three of them sound great on it. It's a fun track um, uh, all around, you know, just an enjoyable old school style rap song with a lot of modern flair. Right. And the last song, a little surprising, but it's Greedy by Tate McRae. Um mm. Tate McRae is a pop artist that based on the artist that I really don't like and vibe with, I feel like people would assume she's an artist that I don't really like that much, but uh, I think she does a lot of great stuff. I really like how unique she is vocally uh, compared to her contemporaries. I think sonically she brings a lot of flair that they don't have um, a lot of uniqueness. Um, but yeah, this song's just a fun track. Um, you know, and, and that's, I guess you call it guilty pleasure music. It's just, you know, I think it's solid. So boom. Yeah. And that's it. So you've already said my number one, <laughs> it's the most beautiful track I've probably listened to this year. Yeah. Um. Yeah. You already said it all. So I'll move on to my number two. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you're listening to this episode and you haven't heard Wait on me by day just, and Casey Musgraves. Just do it. Just, just listen to it. Don't, it's so good. Don't question us. Yeah. Just do it. Um, the second song, I have no idea. I, I want to say I found it on TikTok. I feel like I've been finding pretty good music lately. Um, over there. This one's called Falling Slowly by V Willis with a Z. Willis. Yeah. Z. Um, it's a cool song. It's it's very uh mellow. Um, I would probably listen to this like driving somewhere or if I'm like really in my feels. Sure. I'd listen to this. Um, it's a cool song where it's like this dude and this girl like are hanging out and it was supposed to be like a link up, but then it turned into like a real conversation and now he's mm. falling for her. Like he's actually having feelings and gotcha. what, whatever. Yeah. Um, and then the third song that I've been listening to a lot is Maybe by Machine Gun Kelly and mm, Bring Me the Horizon. Yeah. Yes. Um, but whenever I hear that that song, I think of the acoustic version that you showed me. <laughs> that one's treacherous. <laughs> and that one's so good. All of Sykes is just screaming so unnecessarily. <laughs> Dude, why does he just start screaming so unnecessarily? MGK's like trying to be all heartfelt and like make it this like ballad like rock song, and then all he just gets up is screaming for no reason. Yeah, it's ridiculous. That song's hilarious. 
but so I listened. I listened to the original version. Um, it's it's a great song. Um, yeah, not one you have to really think about, or yeah. you just get to have a good time. You just so. put it on in the gym, and you're you're going hard. Man. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's a fun one. It's a good party song. Cool. Um, I mean, we always link these down below. We'll all, we'll uh, we'll keep doing that. I don't know if anybody listens to that playlist. To be honest with you, I don't know, I don't know if but... it tells me anywhere. I haven't even looked. Huh. Um, we'll keep doing it though. Yeah, because maybe there's one person. Maybe there's one person, one person, or maybe it just gives me something to do with my Sunday nights. <laughs> just a little extra something. Yeah, a little extra sauce. Yeah. Uh, let's dive into this Doja Cat album. We dumped on pretty much every single that came out, except Baloo. We both liked. Yeah, that, that one. That one was the best out of yeah, the singles. The, the closer. It wasn't bad. Um, I think she catfished us. I really do. No, I think she catfished you. I think I'm on the right track. Oh, yes. All right. Let's I hear think. it. Let's hear what you have to say about this album. Then. Yeah. So you you texted me, or maybe you told me when we went to Comic Con. I, I don't think remember. I told you. Yeah. One of the two, whatever it was, said yeah. that uh, she catfished us with those singles. Yeah. And I have to disagree. Really? Um, I didn't really enjoy any of them. Wow. At all. There were. Co- I'll, I'll give her benefit the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed it more than I thought I was going to, but I disliked it probably as much as I thought I would. So there was more more pros than you expected. Yeah. But like but about the about same like what you expected as far as negative stuff. Right. Okay. Yeah. Like. Um, obviously like I did, I have no change of feelings when it comes to paint the town red and demons. Yeah. Um, they both still suck. Um, her third track, uh, no, (laughs) no, it's just not a song I enjoyed. Yeah. Um, it was, yeah. Hate the title. Will not say the title. (laughs) Why is it titled that? I mean, did you listen to the song? Yes. I think, I think you understand the title if you It's stupid. <laughs> it's stupid. She really thought she was going with something there. Yeah, she thought she was on to something, yeah. but it's not. She was good. like, this is a bar, and I'm going to put it in the course, and it'll be titled that, and I hate it. Yeah. Um, It wasn't even like a well-executed chorus no, either, like it, vocally. Yeah, no, no. I feel, I'm not going to lie, almost all of these songs, I felt the chorus was super weak. Like, yeah. there were some where like, there were cool harmonies and like yeah i'll disagree with you on on agora hills and can't wait the two pop more pop tracks on the album i think she she has good choruses on those agora hills and love that one and uh and can't wait can't wait yeah love both those songs yeah yeah so they're uh, they're the two most pop for sure but i think i think those have the strongest chorus because she does pop with it absolutely yeah fully agree with that everything else and i'm not even saying they sucked there were a couple choruses on these songs where i was like this isn't good. It's not well executed. Right. Not a fan. Um, other songs were like decent, but still on the weaker side. And then those two songs hit and fair enough. Solid song. Fair enough. Um, I actually really enjoyed uh FTG, the fourth yeah. track. I, I like that one a lot, actually. Yeah, it yeah. was actually a solid song. I say yeah. bro pop off with the little side eye emoji. Um yeah. <clears throat> uh ouchies was decent, like it wasn't bad. That's yeah. one of the ones where I felt like the chorus was weak. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not really huge on how short the verses were. Sure. Um, there's that. 97 was decently good. Right. Um, not mad at it at all. Gun was dumb. <laughs> like, <laughs> that was stupid. Go yeah. off was lame. Shut show, shut up. 
trash. Yeah, I, I honestly think um, the only ones I actually enjoyed was Agora Hills, Can't Wait, okay. and Baloo. That's how we were saying yeah. it. So yeah. I think I think generally oh, just if tg sorry oh yeah yeah i think if i'm to make a diagnosis on your condition that you've presented to me here um i would venture to say that you generally prefer her pop stuff maybe with a little rap flair but like you generally prefer her pop works over when she just kind of goes hard rap mode i just want because i've heard plenty of good songs where she sings and raps yeah you know, like you do get pop but you also right. get her hip-hop side right um so to your whatever statement, yeah, yeah that uh probably okay. Um, like what's hold on, let me let me look up what I do like because there's a couple songs. Um, yeah, "Kiss Me More" is one of my favorite songs from. Her. Yeah, probably her with, most pop track. Yeah, right. and then even "I Like You" with Post Malone. Those yeah. are two of my uh, honestly the only two that I have downloaded at the moment. <laughs> but those are yeah. two songs that I I do thoroughly enjoy. Sure. Um. And so, like, I know that she has the capability to do something like that. Um, I don't, I don't understand where she's coming from with this album. It feels like there's a lot on her chest that she's trying to get off all in this album, right. which I, I feel like it's not hard to tell. She's talking about like this dude in some of the songs, like that she really likes. Sure, whoever they that might be. Yeah. Um, and those songs came out beautifully, like sure. Gore Hills" and "Can't Wait." amazing like very very well done but then she talks a lot about like these haters and yeah to me besides me i don't know where the other haters are like, <laughs> and i'm not even trying to hate because I, I actually yeah. do really like doja um i just think lately she's been coming out with a lot of weak things um to me i feel like there's too much emotion that's like coming out overworked does that make sense like yes yeah. it's good to have emotion but like when there's emotion bleeding through the songs then it's getting like oh like calm down a little bit like yeah well and i feel like i feel like kind of what you're getting at is is kind of i mean when you're an artist and you take i feel like people take like read too much into critic criticisms or yeah. like you know hate or whatever you want to call it because i do feel like there's some parts on this album where she's like so focused on like statements or things that people have yeah. said about her and it's like i don't even think it was really that deep what you're talking about i think yeah. you're making it into this and, and you know to each their own you like you know everything affects you know people how on you know what i mean like people you can't say what's going to have the most impact on somebody right. but i do think that like a lot of it is taken out of not out of context but it's just taken too harshly by right. her it's like i don't i don't think the hate should be really taken as that, you know what I mean? Yeah. As, as that deep. Like when, when we criticize Doja, like you're saying, it's not like we're trying to hate Doja. It's just like, I prefer when she does something like this. Right. And so like, this is kind of a weird Avenue. I don't really feel like it suits her the best. And then she's like, you just want to see my downfall. Right. And it's like, no, no, I just enjoy the music. <laughs> you do this way instead of this way. Yeah, like, like you're, that's an, all artist. you're yeah. an artist. I honestly hope does better. I like, sure. I want you sure. to succeed. Like I, I thoroughly enjoy some of your yeah. older stuff and you're an artist I would like to continue listening to. Because to me, if she comes out with, uh, and once again, to each their own, if you like this album, good for you. Yeah, like it's, it's for, your, your but business. I definitely think that if you put out an album where you are 
showing how good you are vocally and then a couple tracks you do go nuts off a hip-hop track or whatever i think her strongest point is her vocals and like this i don't care if you think i'm crazy but i definitely think she could be the best female vocalist modern like in pop interesting i think she has that range the only person that I could say that I can think of off the top of my head that could hit a higher note is Ariana. So cool. Like props to that. But like, I don't see anybody that yeah could get in her way if she really taps into that and like proves it. Sure. But that, like I said, that's the kind of Doja I want to hear. Yeah. Um, yeah. A couple hip hop tracks. Like I'm cool with, I know you can rap. Sure. But that's, that's just not what I got from this album. Yeah. <clears throat> And that's that's fair enough, you know. I I will say I don't think, um, for me I'd like there's there's some good in the bad, and like I said at the beginning, I do think this was a little bit of a catfish for me, or at least I enjoyed a lot more within the album than as far as the singles. Like I thought I was gonna, you know, give this a zero out of ten or a one out of ten or whatever based on the singles. Worse than Olivia. Yeah, worse than any album I've heard this year. Um, but I listened through it and I didn't find that much that I hated. I think it's, it certainly has its negatives definitely, but I really liked that it showcased a lot of that diversity vocally that you're talking about and what makes her stand out from her contemporaries that not only can she hit those high notes, but she can also do these, um, raspy choppy rap flows Mm -hmm. and back that up. And like, you know what I mean? Some artists don't really have that ability to switch back and forth and do that on her own song. Um, which I think was really cool. Uh, I feel like Baloo is a, a big example of that, where she's kind of spitting these like melodramatic, um, angsty flows and then kind of hits with that high, sassy, like sarcastic chorus yeah. um, on the song, I think is really good. Agora Hills is kind of the same thing. She's kind of rapping and chopping at some places. And then the chorus is a lot of beautiful melodic stuff. I think um, she showcased a lot of diversity that her contemporaries don't showcase on their albums very often, which was cool. Um, I also think it's a really well-produced album. Um, Yeah. Like, I don't think it's, I'm not going to say it's utopia good or that it's, you know, scaring the hose good or anything like that, but it's, it's well-produced. It's not like she's rapping over trash beats. Like London on the track does a great job on the songs that they're on. Um, There's a couple other producers that I'm forgetting, but I feel like it it showcases a lot of good production for an album that she marketed as like, I'm going back to rap. Like I'm going to, you know, be rapping this whole album or whatever. And she picked really good beats to do that on. Um, I also really like that. It's, it's like kind of tongue in cheek. It's funny at a lot of perspectives and it's not trying to be something that it's not, you know, where she's talking about, this is going to be my rap album. I'm going back to just hardcore rap. You know, she's not trying on this album to be the lyricist of Kendrick Lamar or Eminem or even Nicki Minaj or whatever. Like, no, she's just trying to be sarcastic and funny, which is her M.O. Like, it's what she's good at, but she's going to do it on a rap song now with a rap flow. Um, So I appreciated that she's not going out of her way to do something that isn't her, if that makes sense. Um, I do think it has its downfalls for sure, though. And and I've talked a lot about how she marketed this album as this big return to rap. And I'm going to be rapping this whole time. And if you look at like most of the tracks that are popular right now, none of them are really rap songs like mm-hmm. Paint the Town Red has some rapping on it. Right. But like if you're going to call Paint the Town Red a rap song, 
like you better call every post Malone a rap song, which right. I wouldn't do. Like right. I wouldn't say no. that Paint the Town Red is a rap song or like, you know, I, I, I think it's fine to have rap in a pop song. Yeah. But let's just call a spade a spade. It's not it, no. a rap. It's not like this album that she marketed it to be, if that yeah. makes sense. And so like, um, but anyways, that that's not really a downside. I just don't really think it's what she marketed the album as. Right. Um, I do agree. I feel like it's really streaky on a song to song basis and even within the songs like there's good parts there's parts that i'm like oh this is pretty good you know um on ftg i think the you know raps are really good even on paint the town red which is a song that i hate i think there's some good stuff in there mm-hmm. like i really like the sample flip i like like the production i like some of her flows on it but then the annoying chorus that is on every tiktok comes in I said what I said. Yeah. No, it's annoying. It, there's nothing good about that. It's not good. Shut up. Yeah. <laughs> we just need a sound button of that from yeah. you. <laughs> I look into it. I have a beat pad for it. <laughs> I can do it. Figure it out. Um. Anyways, I think like, you know, there's in Ouchies is another example where it's a good song, but the chorus isn't nearly as strong as the verses are. Um, so it's, it's a really streaky album. Uh, I, I, it also uses a lot of heavy influence um, from other sources, which again, isn't necessarily a bad thing, but for me, it's something that I value a lot in music is if you're going to do something, do something original, or at least do something that's as good or better. If you're going to go in the same lane. Yeah. Um, and I don't necessarily know that she does that. I think she does pretty well by incorporating so much diversity, which yeah. is cool. And I'll give her props for that. But I'm I'm worried that it'll be perceived as like this groundbreaking album. Oh, she's clapping back at the haters. She doesn't care that she's, you know, doesn't fit the narrative and that she's, you know, not who's supposed to be a pop star. Like that narrative has been written time and time again in these rap albums. Yeah. And you know, there's nothing wrong with that narrative. And I'm fine with Doja taking that narrative. I just worry that audiences will hear that and be like, she's, you know, this is what she's talking about. And you're the kind of people that are, you You, know, she's rapping about on this album. And it's like, great. If she's rapping about, you know, me as a hater or whoever you want to call a hater, that's fine. But let's, you know, that's not like a new stance. Like people have done that time and time again. Yeah. Even if you're talking musical influence, I feel like on FTG, it that song's very marshall mathers lp era eminem style yeah. even in like the concept you could you can't tell me eminem would not drop a song with no, that abs- song title no, absolutely and rap like that over that uh-huh. beat like that's very mmlp era um ouchies even has a lot of kendrick lamar inflections reminds me of a lot of like something from an untitled unmastered yeah. era or maybe to pimp a butterfly um and like I'm saying, it's cool that she showcases that she can do those kinds of things. I'm just worried that people are going to hear this and be like, whoa, yeah. this is so, you know, yeah. no one's done this. And it's like, no, let's calm down. People have done it. People have done it better. People have done it before her. Just not her. She, she has hasn't done, done it yet. Yeah. And it's cool that she's doing it. Right. But like, let's, let's you know, Set temper down. our expectations. Right. Let's put it in context a little bit. It's funny because we've already gotten those comments. I know. Yeah. <laughs> No, believe me, you. Um, there's also some cringy stuff. Um, Attention in general is just kind of a cringy song. I think at times, Can't Wait, uh, which is a song I enjoy, gets a little weird with like how infatuated she is with the guy. Um, again, not necessarily something that's inherently bad, but when you don't relate, cringy isn't funny. It's just cringy. Yeah. 
So I feel like you have something you're about to pull up and say from this album there that's is, really cringy. And it is from one of my more liked songs. It's from Agora Hills. But she says, like Fortnite, I'm going to need your skin. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wowie. Yeah, I didn't like that one. Yeah, that's a little odd. Yeah, I listened to it four times. That gives times. me um, some Hannibal Lecter vibes. <laughs> Silence of the Lambs. Um, it was ridiculous. Anyways, um, I do have one thing that I want to shout out because I don't know if you caught this. We received the very rare triple entendre in this album. Did we? Yes. Let's hear it. I can't. I I didn't write down oh. what song this is on. <laughs> I was closing my eyes. I was ready to like really think about this. Yeah, I don't know what song this was on. It's. I think it's either on Ouchies or FTG. Okay. <clears throat> she says, "Hunted Billies, I'm the goat, no Eilish." So okay. if you look at this, it's the triple entendre, right? Three things, three meanings. You've got the straightforward meaning. Um, hunted Billies, like she wants a hundred billion dollars, right. right? She wants all that money. And she's like, you know, being braggadocious, saying I'm the goat, mm-hmm. right? I'm mm-hmm. the greatest. Um, the second level is also pretty obvious. You've got the Billie Eilish level, right? Mm-hmm. You know, hundred billies, like I-, I want a billion dollars and no Eilish, like I'm the goat, no Eilish. I'm not, you know, Billie Eilish, like kind of playing on Billie Eilish's right. name, pretty obvious, right. right? The third one is the Billy goat, the Billy goat right? Yeah. The Billy is the type of goat. I, I have a lot of respect for yeah, that. Super cool. cool. Love the wordplay. I also like that, it again, when something is like that, but it's relevant, mm. I think it makes it all the more cool. Like, it, you know, people can make plays on Billie Eilish. Heck, there's a song by Armani White about Billie Eilish. Yeah. Um, but I, I like that she kind of uses that, like you're saying, to say, you know, I'm the best in the female rap game right now. I'm not Billy Eilish, like Billy Eilish, one of the people who's being considered one of the best female artists right now saying like, I'm, you know, on her level where, right. you know, she's the goat, you know, like kind of those kinds of things. I don't know if like, I guess you could consider it a slight at Billy Eilish. I think she's kind of shouting her out a little bit, but yeah. I mean, it's, it's kind of like the, I mean, almost the exact same thing on J Cole's feature where he's like, um, I'm not Drake. I don't have that kind of a, yeah, I don't have the Drake effect where yeah. the song goes number one if I'm on it, but yeah, like, but take what you can get. Right, I'm <laughs> yeah. still him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, that is impressive. Cool. I, yeah. I do give props when props is due. That that's yeah. not an easy thing to do. The triple entendre is rare. That's it's what, difficult. That's ridiculous. Um, and it's not even cringy. Like, it, it's, yeah, it's, it's just all, a good bar. Yeah, it's no, it's a good, good bar. Yeah. yeah. No. Um, I will say it made me wish there was a Billie Eilish feature on it though. Billie Eilish, I feel like, has a lot of range too, and yeah. also does like those funny quirky kind of songs with also some beautiful vocals and some yeah. interesting production i feel like they could have done something cool together well if maybe they ever, if they ever made a song together i'd be frightened because billy eilish already frightens me yeah um i feel like they'd make something really weird yeah it'd scare me yeah uh, it'd give me nightmares. it might go hard though it might May- maybe but i wouldn't be able to listen to it more than once a year it'd probably be really cringy and weird but it, it might go hard too yeah i don't know billy Love scares me so much um Best song on the album. What you got? So I forgot to write any of this down. That's okay. But I would probably either go Agora Hills or FTG. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, I said I also had Agora Hills in there. I think it's a little 
um it feels a little like a money grab for me like it just doesn't fit the album super well yeah i really like the song right um i just wish it would have fit the album better um or ouchies i also really liked ouchies but Mm. i don't love the chorus on that one right um but it's still a good song I'll, i'll probably come back to that one a fair amount for me, so the worst song is Attention. It's just cringy. Mm-hmm. I don't like the raps on it. I don't like the production on it. I think it's really bad. Um, again, like I get, you know, it's important to her and, you know, feeling yeah. like, you know, however she's feeling is, you know, it's your business. It's cool, but I don't like the song. Yeah, I for worst song, I'm either going um, Paint the Town Red, or sorry, not Paint Town, uh, sorry, Demons, or um, yeah. Shut Show. Demons was in the running for me too. Yeah. I also I just really didn't like Shut Show. Yeah. Um the most underrated song for me was FTG. Um it's not doing the numbers that the other ones are. Yeah. Um, but I, I think it's for sure one of the best rap performances on it. Right. Um the chorus is like, you know, pretty bland. It's there's nothing special about it, but right. I think just sonically it matches the tone which is cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it's, it's for sure not getting the recognition that much worse songs on the album are getting. <laughs> yeah. Um, for underrated, I'd probably either go can't wait or 97. I actually, 97 is not. A yeah, album. I, yeah. I kind of liked it. I mean, like besides, cause to me that it has a pretty weak chorus, but other than that, like, yeah, it's a solid song for sure. For sure. So, um, I feel like this is where we're going to be, very drastically different though um what did you give this album out of 10 if you had to give it a rating i gave it a five. I oh, gave it a wow like if any lower it, it wouldn't even be like by 0.5 like i'd probably go like a 4.8 if anything or wow. if any higher probably like a i a was expecting 5. you to 2. say like three <laughs> no because because <laughs> like if i actually look at it i enjoyed more songs off this one than i did olivia's Okay. Like I yeah, found two same. that I liked Olivia's and yeah. I think I gave her a, a four or something like yeah, that. Yeah, something of the sort. Yeah. Um if if I gave her anything higher than a five, I'd probably switch Doja's and hers because I found what uh four three to four songs. So sure. Respectfully, I, I give her a higher score. Okay. Plus cool. I think I like Doja more as an artist. Yeah, it's it's more your kind of music. Music, yeah. Sure. Um I gave it a six, oh. six out of ten. So right it right in the ballpark. Okay. Um I think it's far from the best album of the year, yeah. but it might be my favorite Doja album, to be honest. Really? Yeah. I got to go listen to her discography because I, I haven't. Yeah. So I think, I think it's her best. I think it's her most consistent. Mm. Um, I think I prefer a couple songs on other albums just as like what I would say her best songs are, but yeah. I think it might be as her best album. album. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. Um, I just want, uh, I just hope for the best for Doja. Um, yeah. I do want to see better music. Yeah. In my opinion, of course, um, because I know she has capabilities. Right. That's that's what I think the most disappointing thing about all of this is to me is that she showcases how great she can be. Mm -hmm. I just personally in in like my musical preference, I wish she would get there. Like, yeah, hit me with all that diversity, but make it really cohesive, really well built up. And then, you know, put it out as this, like, you know, yeah. really good album. I, like, I think she could I, do it. I, I just like that's today's musicians. Like, they showcase their best and then give us not that. Like, sure. you have Doja, you have uh, the Kid Leroy, you have Ian Dior, you have 24K Golden. Yeah. Like, 
four artists that that very well could easily be like the next generation big pop artists. Sure. And they're sure. I mean, yeah. Number wise, they probably are. But yeah. I mean, I guess at least for me, they're not. Yeah. In quality terms, for yeah. sure not. I don't think. Yeah. Um yeah. Yeah, that's that's well said. Mm-hmm. Um anything else about Scarlet by Doja Cat before we wrap up? I still want to know why it's two ticks. Dude, the more I look at it, I think they're spiders. No. I think the legs are spider-like. <laughs> but they're the nose is tick. Right. It's the body that makes me think tick, but like it's not a real it's... body. It's like pearls, right? I I don't know, but somebody got mad at us for calling them ticks because they were spiders. But here's the thing, like I've seen plenty of ticks because they're like in I don't in know New England, in... yeah. They're, oh, well, they're was, all over in New I was England. even gonna say Texas when I lived out there. Like, yeah. Oh, dude, you got ticks. big ticks out yeah. there. So yeah. like I, I knew what ticks looked like. So it the reason why I was confused is because of the legs. I think the legs are a little long. Body. The body the body is what makes me think they look like ticks, like maybe the head. Is it both? Maybe? Dude, maybe like, it is. Ticks with spider legs? She's hybridizing. Dude, it's the levels of the album. The pearl is the good choruses, like those beautiful vocals. And then the spider is like the the hardcore rap flows. And then the tick nose is like the cringiness. Like you just don't want it there. Dude, there's so many levels to this album. She's a cover. genius. She, Doja Cat is the smartest. Person. <laughs> 9.5 out of 10 album. <laughs> it's automatically a nine now. I'm, I'm withdrawing my score. It's a nine out of 10. Um, anywho, um, I think that, I think that's all I have to say. Yeah. Uh, you can always check us out on social media. Um, we have some clips that I think are kind of funny. We'll be, Um, we'll be back. We'll be back with the socials after this episode, uh, with some more stuff. We're going to try to get those Comic-Con clips up if the audio works. Yes. I'm going to, it was very loud at Comic-Con. So, um, I'm just happy the mics worked. Yeah. And Those mics were good. if I had to sum up the fix before the six by Lil Wayne, it's that Lil Wayne is a very, very horny man who occasionally has some good wordplay. I think that's all I have to say about that. The, Check out the, the the duo. They, they have great songs. T H E Y all caps with a period. Yes. Great duo. Yes. Check them out. Um, Lil Wayne is just making my case for calling him a phenomenal feature artist more mm-hmm. more mm-hmm. like real fair enough yeah. fair enough anyways we'll be back next week probably talking ahsoka uh season one and drake's new album for all the dogs if that man ever drops the album it's been pushed back like three times now so i don't know if it's coming out right he he saw our post i guarantee you he <laughs> wants to ruin our schedule more and more Dude, anytime we try to come up with like something cohesive <laughs> everything changes yeah, yeah. uh right. some fun stuff coming up in the future so we'll uh we'll be back <laughs> i'll be back gotta chase the pomp once you once you do the bench press then you gotta do the incline press then you gotta do the 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 dips for the striations you just gotta chase the pomp i hope arnold watches this <laughs>